Hello and welcome to the podcast, Emotional Intelligence, your greatest asset and key to success. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Carlaccio, coming to you from the greater New Haven, Connecticut area. As a positive intelligence or PQ coach, I'm committed to helping people develop both emotional intelligence and mental fitness. You'll come to regard problems as situations that help you learn and grow. PQ is a way of being and doing in the world that enables you to develop and sustain a positive relationship with yourself and others at home, at work, and everywhere in between. Please subscribe to this podcast and tap the like button so more people can enjoy the benefits of PQ. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome everybody. This is my very first live broadcast, so I assume there's going to be some mistakes. I'm Jamie Carlaccio and I'm happy to be here starting with the D-series. I'm going to be talking about diversity today and that is kind of a fraught term, right? It's a, it's a loaded term because I remember when I was little, people used to say it's not about diversity, it's a melting pot. And a melting pot means everything's kind of jumbled up together and you really can't tell the difference between certain things. They kind of all mush together, kind of like molten metals do. But diversity means that we are all different and you can see our different characteristics and you can see things that we have in common. However, what I see, and I'm sure a lot of people see, is that when we see somebody who's different from us, we tend to other them. We tend to find out what's different. And then if we don't like what's different, or sometimes we're mirrors to each other and we don't like that thing in ourselves, then we tend to reject or cast out or 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 something that that isn't kind. And I know, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion and belonging in the workplace has become very important because workplaces uh, have a lot of workplaces haven't been as diverse. And I know a lot of you will probably agree with me when I say that just adding diversity to the workplace doesn't necessarily make it the kind of workplace that you want to work in if you don't feel like you belong. And so when we talk about diversity, I think it's also important to talk about how we can respect each other and how diversity brings up compassion. And as you know, if you've seen me before, when I've talked about self you know, self-compassion and empathy. I talked about being brave and bold and authentic in the B series. And I talked about what that means to be authentic. And it means really being able to fit into your own skin and, and show up for yourself and for others the way that you truly are. And for C, for, you know, courage and curiosity and compassion, it was really about, again, it was about saying, huh, instead of, Huh, right? So in, instead of sort of backing off or finding some reason not to like something or somebody, it's adopting that curious mindset, which is all about one of the sage powers, right? There are, you know, five sage muscles and 10 saboteurs, but all of the five sage powers overcome 
the ten saboteurs, right? We have the judge and the judge's nine accomplices, uh, the light, you know, the pleaser and the stickler and the hyper rational and the hyper achiever and the hyper vigilant and the controller and the avoider, and so on. And when those guys get in the way, when those ventriloquists get in our ears, it kind of shuts everything else off. And I call them ventriloquists because they're not real. And that means if they're taking over, we're not really showing up. Our ventriloquists are showing up. Our saboteurs are showing up. In the last episode or two episodes ago, I talked about uh, how you might have a staff meeting and you need to come to a decision And instead of going in and judging other people's opinions or shutting them down, you adopt a yes and stance and you find something to like. You find something to take away from that person and their idea, and then you can move on. But the idea is that you respect everybody in their diversity. So one thing I really wanted to talk about is you know, interpersonal relationships and like in workplace settings. And I have talked about this before too. I had a really horrible conflict with somebody in a workplace a couple of years ago, and I didn't want to go to work. I wanted to quit that job, but I also know that I needed to pay my rent. I needed to buy groceries. I needed to keep the lights on. So I had to go to work, but I hadn't studied positive intelligence. And so my avoider and my judge were just crazy. And they ruled my mind, they ruled my heart. And I think they probably did the same thing with the other person. And what was really going on is we were both hurting. And I think we both just didn't know how to handle the conflict and we didn't know how to approach each other. And we didn't really respect each other's diverse interests, diverse values, diverse backgrounds. And that's what I think. And and we ended up doing that. We ended up becoming friends. I went ahead and just apologized for the tension that I caused. And I showed up finally. I showed up and I owned up to the saboteurs. I didn't use that language. And that authenticity allowed him to be authentic. And then we could embrace each other for the differences that um, that make us unique. And, and that was a beautiful thing. So it's about really, you know, embracing the other and not othering the other, but acknowledging the other. You know, empathy is not just about agreeing with people. It's about understanding or trying to understand other people's thoughts and perspectives. So emotional empathy is sharing the feeling and experiences of others. And compassionate empathy combines that understanding with a proactive response, fostering actions that can range from grand gestures to attentive listening. And so obstacles to embracing diversity are about biases. And a lot of our biases are implicit. And if you go on the web and type in Harvard implicit bias test, you'll find that you can take a number of tests and discover where your implicit biases are. It's it's a test to give you information. It's not a test to find out if you're bad or whatever. It's really about 
where are the biases? And then once you know what they are, you can start to counteract them with the sage muscle of empathy and curiosity and even innovate and activate. And so it's it's a really good thing. I, I highly recommend it. I learned a lot. And oftentimes our biases are, you know, triggered by split, you know, split second decisions, right? Our, our stereotypes and our previous experience have conditioned us to judge things. And yeah, you need to judge when you're in the jungle, you need to judge every sound and you need to listen for every branch and rustling of the leaves because you don't know if that's going to be a tiger or something, a wild boar coming at you. But we don't live in that world today. We live in a world where our parasympathetic nerves, you know, uh, system can kind of kick in and discern. And that's what we really want to do. We want to be discerning and we want to stop, breathe, and then respond because that hinders uh, inclusion and belonging in the workplace. And these narrow perspectives, right, they're influenced by our family, our culture, schooling, any kind of, you know, government agency, even laws, right? Laws that govern social rights and social justice and, and all of that condition us to think certain ways about certain people. Even, you know, just thinking about the Defense of Marriage Act or the gay rights, when we have a statute that has to put into place, you know, protections, we automatically start othering the people for whom those protections are made. And that becomes a problem. So basically, we're inundated with information about difference and diversity. And oftentimes, like I said, it can be it can be bad, but I'm saying embrace it and, and let it be good. And so one of the things, going back to the tiger in the jungle, is when we see difference, oftentimes we are afraid and it brings up the stress hormone cortisol. And that's triggered when we are, you know, encountering the difference and it kind of shuts us down, right? Our body goes into fight, flight, freeze mode. And when we're stressed, we typically are not our best selves. I know I'm not my best self when I'm stressed because I'm letting the stress come over me. And that's usually my judge or my stickler telling me I'm not good enough or my avoider or, you know, my hyper, um, my hyper vigilant person is coming out and they're all kind of blocking my ability to discern, to be compassionate, to be empathic, to be curious. And so now I want to talk about mental health. I think we know that mental health issues have skyrocketed since we were quarantined in early 2020 as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it hasn't really stopped. It seems like waves and waves of problems are coming up. And I know there's a shortage of therapists. There are people, you know, when I remember driving to the grocery store, there were longer lines at the package store or the liquor store than there were any place else that I thought. So the instances of drug and alcohol consumption rose dramatically and there were, uh, you know, more overdoses and, and, and more problems associated because people were medicating, they were self-medicating because they were depressed or they were anxious or they were isolated. And even if the pandemic weren't here, 
we still have those things, right? I know I have suffered from anxiety. I have been diagnosed as having depression. And so there have been many times in my life where people have othered me and they have actually walked away from me. So people I thought were my friends walked away because they were afraid. They didn't want to be around that. They weren't curious, like, wonder what's going on with her. I wonder if there's a way I can help her. I wonder if she needs somebody to talk to. And that becomes, you know, that's the linchpin to becoming what I would say, you know, Martin Luther King, a beloved community. I had a really great conversation with a group of people the other night about we were doing a social justice project and we each picked an issue that we were very, you know, passionate about. And I actually chose diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging in public schools because my son is in a public school and he goes to a school that is 75 percent white and the other 25 percent comprise mainly African-American, Hispanic-American and Asian-American. And so there isn't a lot going on at his school to really talk about and embrace diversity. And I was really mad about it at first. And I thought, we have to change this. Things are wrong. And I wasn't going about it in the right way. I wasn't approaching it with love. I wasn't approaching it with curiosity. I was completely in judge mode. My sage had just taken a vacation. It had gone to the store. And so... Through the course of doing this project in phases, I came to the place of doing spiritual contemplation about this, about the fact that there, there either is or isn't enough work on diversity, or maybe it's going and it's just not going at Jamie's pace, it's going at somebody else's. But the point is, I began to reflect on what was going on and how we're all at different places in our lives. We're all at different stages of our journey with ourselves and with others. I know oftentimes with regard to ourselves, we, we're so good at beating ourselves up and judging ourselves. And I can tell you I'm definitely in that group and I've had to really work against it and positive intelligence really helped me to do that because I started learning who my saboteurs are, and I started recognizing when my judge comes into the room, the room that's in between my two ears. And so what I have done is I've said, oh yeah, gosh, I hear myself. I'm, I'm judging myself right now, or my judge is really active. And I can stop and say, let's, let's give yourself some empathy. And sometimes I have to empathize with the younger part of myself that's been triggered and sometimes I just have to empathize with the adult version of me. And that happens again with other people. When you see somebody who is different or acts differently, you know, somebody who may be depressed or anxious, the idea is not to other them or walk away, but to say, I wonder what's going on. I wonder if there's something going on with that person that is causing these kinds of reactions, this kind of behavior. Another friend of mine was talking about a workplace issue, and in particular, a woman who said something that was harmful and unkind. And credit to him, he did not react. He wanted to, he said it was in his head, but he kept his cool and he didn't react. 
And he was upset about it for days. And then he said, I got a God shot. She came in and apologized. And now we're going to be great friends. And the whole point was, I think she kind of saw maybe where she was coming from and the effect it had on other people. But for my friend, I think he started to understand that maybe something's going on with her that he didn't know about. And it caused her to say something unkind. And that doesn't excuse the unkindness. But what I'm saying is, let's try to figure out where people are coming from. You know, and mental health is stigmatized. And because we are in a society that's full of judges and other saboteurs, we start internalizing that. And that's why positive intelligence is so important. We have really internalized all of these negative beliefs and systems. And so the first person we stigmatize is ourselves. And, you know, there are lots of resources online for suicide hotlines and other kinds of places. And I'm going to put this stuff in the show notes because it is so important. But we often internalize that and then we're afraid to ask for help. And we're thinking, well, if I tell somebody I'm depressed or if I tell somebody I needed to see a therapist, they're not going to give me a job or they're going to fire me or they're going to kick me out or they're going to think there's something wrong with me. Well, I'm here to tell you there is nothing wrong with you. You are, as I've said many times, created in love, for love, and by love. And we are all beloved children of a power greater than ourselves. That's what I truly believe, a divine source. And we all carry this divine light. And so I think for me, when I'm feeling different or sad or stigmatized or rejected, I need to dig deep for that sage power, you know, the empathy and the curiosity and say, who who are you really and whose are you really? I'm not what society says I am. I'm not a label. I'm not my trauma. I'm not my depression. I'm not the skin color. I'm not whatever. I'm not my purple hair. Although, you know, I am the girl with the purple hair. But I think it's just really important that when we talk about diversity, we really think about it in larger terms. In another episode, I'm going to be talking about neurodiversity And I'm hoping that a friend of mine will agree to come on and be interviewed. So keep your fingers crossed and we'll send out good waves to my friend Michael, who is amazing. And I think he would be such a great benefit to us on this show. So one of the things that we can do when we get our sage muscles going, well, let's stop for a second. Let's talk about going to the PQ gym. When we hear the judge operating when they've started moving the furniture around to get it more comfortable in our heads and they've turned the tv up a little bit and they've been banging on the table asking for more food you know that's the time to say take the food away take the remote you know kick them out and say you don't really have a place here i see you yes thank you very much but now i'm inviting my group of sage muscles in to my head and into my body. And I'm going to get in touch with that. And the way that we do that is through our senses. And I've talked about rubbing your fingertips together and feeling the ridges of your fingertips and just noticing how they feel is one way to just stay in the moment. And as soon as we're in the moment, we are not hijacked. 
And of course, breathing is one of the easiest things because it doesn't take an effort to breathe, although it does take an effort to notice our breath and to count them and to maybe breathe in very deeply, hold it, and then breathe out and hold it and count our breaths. And one of the ways that we can practice that in positive intelligence fashion is to count the breaths and as soon as our mind wanders, and it will, 65 to 75,000 thoughts go through our heads every day. As soon as that happens, just label what it was. Dinner, grocery list, soccer practice, whatever it is, person at work, right? The, the person who's maybe occupying some headspace that we can say, no, no, I'm just gonna leave that out of the equation right now. And then come back to the breath. Visually, we can stare at something, right? If you have a picture on a wall or, you know, you have a dog or, you know, uh, an object on your desk, whatever it is, just focusing your eyes on something and noticing textures and colors and shapes and outlines and shadows, that can disrupt whatever else is going on in our heads that sabotages our thinking. And smell. If there's anything you can smell, whether it's a perfume or food or fresh air, whatever it is, if we can start breathing in and noticing our olfactory nerves at work, that's even better. And then, of course, so sight, scent, sight, touch, oh, you know, and, and listening, listening for sounds. One of the one of the ways that uh, Shirzad Shamin talks about doing this in positive intelligence is listen to the sound that's farthest away from you. That might be a car on the freeway or whatever. And if you're in the if you're in the country, it might be the farthest away bird, all right, or whatever. And then listen gradually to sounds that are closer to you until the sound that's closest is your breath. And as soon as you focus on those different levels and types of sounds, you've shut out everything else. And you don't even have to do it for very long, three minutes, right? If you do five sets of PQ reps for three minutes, you've already started developing that muscle that's going to keep the hijackers at bay, you know, to keep those negative ventriloquists at bay. And so that's why I think talking about diversity in the context of positive intelligence and compassion and empathy, it really comes down to embracing and loving. And when we feel embraced and loved, we can show up. We can show up as ourselves. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to put on a mask. We don't have to say, okay, I need to be careful about what I say around this person, or I need to pretend to be happy because this person won't like me if I'm sad. And obviously, one thing I've learned in life is putting on that facade of I'm fine, everything's good. People don't necessarily find that attractive and appealing. They're much more attracted to somebody who's vulnerable and honest and real. And that isn't to say you need to be, you know, Debbie Downer all the time. But when we can show up and say, yeah, I had a really bad day today and I just needed to talk to somebody and maybe get out of my head, right? Silence the judge, silence all the saboteurs. That helps. And people want to help. Most people, I think, want to be helpful. And in my mind, 
It's all about love. It's all about love, right? Everything else is noise. The saboteurs are about noise. The sage, the sage muscle, that inner sage is about love, empathy, compassion, explore, be curious, innovate, try something different, you know, love what you're doing and love the idea of finding a different way to do something. Love the idea of um, activating, you know, um, activating, going, doing something new, taking an action. Love the idea of navigating, you know. When we navigate, we think of what our future self might say to us. And we try to just bridge that distance and say, what would a wiser self say to this younger self who's about to make a really important decision? And you can do that in the spirit of love. And, you know, I, I know I talk about love all the time and I'm talking about diversity here, but I guess I just can't say it enough. I think the main thing is that positive intelligence and emotional intelligence, they're all about how do we see the world? And when we've got a judge and another saboteur in our head, that's the lens that we see the world through. That's the lens that we see people through. And that's why we other each other. But if we can adopt the lens of sage, then that's the, that's the lens, right? That's how we re receive the world. What you, what you perceive, you believe. And so if you perceive things as bad all the time, then guess what? That's all you're going to see. If you perceive things as good or as challenges that we might need to overcome, then that's what you see. If you see life as problems, you see problems. If you see life as challenges and joys and blessings, you will find challenges and joys and blessings. And you can't have joy if you don't have the opposite. So yes, the opposite is going to come, but it isn't going to stay because you have emotional intelligence, you have positive intelligence. And so that is all I want to say today. Thank you if you were watching and thank you listeners. And I will see you next time at the PQ Gym. Be well.